Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Well, I tell you what, uh, it, is, it is really good to be with you here today. I wanted to make it back uh, for this Shabbat to, to share a word for you. Typically, I'm up at conference right now, but came back a little bit early. Uh, and, and we're going to talk today about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts, especially if you come from a Jewish background, food. Mmm, man, I tell you what. It's interesting. It would be an interesting uh, and useless uh, study to figure out how many times in my sermons I mentioned some food item. I bet it's as, as not insignificant, Linda, a number of, of messages that I mentioned some food item. Why? It's just kind of who we are a little bit as a people. What can I say? But today it's focused on food uh, and in particular one specific kind of food. Exodus chapter 16 in the Torah, if you'd like to turn there. Uh, it's, it's an interesting story. We're going to look at something, y'all, that we've read about, that we know about uh, in the scriptures from the Torah, from the story of our people. And we haven't really maybe had a deep dive into it. I'll, I'll tell you that as I uh, began studying it, it was like lesson after lesson after lesson after lesson came from this one particular thing. Lessons for us today. And it struck me so much that it was like, my goodness, this is, this is a, a, a message chock full of good things. <laughs> okay, so what are we, where are we at? The children of Israel were wandering in the desert. They were wandering all through the desert, and, and eventually they began to complain because they didn't have enough food to eat. They didn't have the food they wanted. Our people were complaining about food. Nothing has changed in 3,000 years. 4,000 years, nothing has changed, right? You know, God bless uh, uh, my, my brother and sister here today. They, they could tell you my dad, uh, historically at a restaurant, is like, wow, it's a 50-50. It's a coin flip, you know, historically. And I'm not talking about just since, well, he's, he's older now, and he's in assisted living, and he's older. And No, 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 he's always been that way. You know, like from when I was a little kid, you go, you, you go to the restaurant, and it's like 50% chance the food comes out, and he's like, no, no, something's wrong with this. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it, uh, one of my favorite, uh, I don't favorite is not the right word, uh, is, is, is when, when they brought out the, the, the food to him, and he said, can you send your manager? And he's like, oh, boy, here comes the manager. And I'm like, you know, eventually I'm like, Dad, do you know when you send it back that many times, 
it's not going to always come back whole, if you know what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> he has a manager, said, the manager comes over and said, listen, uh, I got a question for you. I ordered a baked potato. This is a spud. <laughs> I always love this. This is spud. This is not a baked potato. This is spud. You know, it's like a little fingerling potato or something, you know, and it's like, this isn't a baked potato. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. We'll get you a, a, you know, a baked potato. But, but it's just, it is it's just in our nature to complain about food for some reason. But it goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 16. We're going to read. We're going to read. But, but this was a little bit of a different scenario. So let's read a little bit about what happened. Uh, in verse 9, we'll start. Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, Come near before Adonai, because he has heard your complaining. Okay, now, uh, <laughs> listen, when, 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 when the message is, God has heard your complaining, Typically, you're in a danger zone. I'm going <laughs> to tell you, that, that generally ain't good. And we're going to see a little bit later how it just, uh, we crossed the line, okay? And, uh, and that certainly happened. We're going to talk about that. But, but out of God's great and, and unbelievable mercy, he, 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 he put up with us uh, for this particular complaining incident. And he said, okay, okay. I've heard the complaining, and I'm going to get... Because we were wandering in the desert 40 years, right? We're, we would be wandering in the desert 40 years. And, and uh, you know, listen, uh, I've been to the Sinai Peninsula. It is barren. It is desert. And by desert, people typically think of like sand dunes, the Sahara. It's not that kind of desert at all. There's, there's not much sand at all. It's mostly rocks. It's just rocks and cliffs and rocks and rocks and more rocks and, uh, and, and hills and rocks and cliffs. And it's so barren, though. I mean, there's not even hardly any weeds. That tells you how there's nothing there. And we're talking about two and a half to three million people coming out of Egypt, right? Uh, and so uh, what happened? Okay, God relented and sent them something. Uh, he sent them some quail in the evening and some something else in the morning. We're going to find out. Verse 13. So when evening fell, quails came up and covered the camp. Moreover, in the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew was gone, on the surface of the desert was a thin flake-like frost, as fine as the frost on the ground. Okay, it's, it's interesting. It's, so, so it's, if you will, uh, like in the morning, you know how a dew settles, but there was this kind of coating on, on the desert, and it was a, it says a, a flake-like frost. I call it frosted flakes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's a flake-like frost, right? A frosted flake. I mean, that, it's, listen, you'd think it, Kellogg came up with it. No, God came up with frosted flakes. A flake like frost. That's right in the Bible. A flake like frost. Frosted flakes. Okay. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> frosted flakes. I mean, uh, it didn't taste like frosted flakes. We actually have a description of what the, the manna tasted like. I'll get to that a little bit later. But, uh, but frosted flakes, as we know, are all sugar. <laughs> they are all sugar. I like frosted flakes. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> They're great. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. As much as I like Frosted Flakes, though, I'll tell you that Messiah Conference, which I just came from, is the one week a year. I only, I only allow myself one. Because, you know, listen, if you eat Frosted if you eat sugar cereal every day, it probably, hmm. okay, and so, uh, especially if you're older, um, and so, but Messiah Conference every year is the one week a year I allow myself, and I buy a box of Fruity Pebbles. Oh, man, I love Fruity Pebbles. I got to tell you, I'm hoping there's Fruity Pebbles in, in heaven. I really am. Some of you like Fruity Fruity Pebbles is just, I don't know what it is. I mean, when I look at it, I mean, I, it, it does not, let's face it, uh, in today's society, we know that ain't healthy. I mean, all you got to do is just look at it. Uh, when they came up with it in the 70s, I mean, or whatever it was, they were probably like, yeah, all the neon colors and, you know, and let's irradiate these things to make them orange and neon green and everything. And, and today we look at it and, and we, people go, Wow, that looks like a lot of chemicals. That is a lot of chemicals, right? It just tastes so good, but it's like, oh man, that is some bad stuff. I'm thinking that is really, but wow, I really love those things. But I only, only one box a year. It's only during Messiah Conference, and I haven't had conference in three years. So I have really missed my Fruity Pebbles. And so this week I had Fruity Pebbles, but I left the conference a little bit early. Uh, uh, and, uh, and my daughter sent me a picture uh, with a, a little bowl and said, thanks for the fruity pebbles. And it's like, oh, jeez, my daughter's eating the last of my fruity pebbles. <laughs> I know some of you are like, honey, we got to mark our names off of the new members class. Mark our names off. <laughs> I, I understand, I understand. But, you know, listen, you this is mishpacha. We're family here. We share, we share things. <laughs> I remember last night, I, I, for whatever reason, I just, Fruity Pebbles have been on my mind. And so I remember last night say, I know what I'm getting you for birthday next year. <laughs> Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> you know, and, and, and my tendency was to say, no, that's not. But then I thought, well, okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not too expensive. I'll accept that gift. Uh, but in any case, uh, so it's a blessing. So, so the children of Israel had these flakes, right? These, the, these dew-like flakes, flakes, a thin flake-like frost as a frost from the ground. Verse 15, when B'nai Israel, when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, Mazeh, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Then Moses said to them, it is the bread that Adonai has given you to eat. Interesting. The children of Israel were given quail and manna. Manna. This manna was the bread that our people ate when it looked like there was nothing for them to eat. They were in the desert. They were in the desert. You know, have you ever been in a desert before? I'm not talking about a physical desert. I'm talking about a desert in your life in one area or another. Some kind of a desert symbolically. Uh, because sometimes, friends, things can look bleak for you. Truly, sometimes things look bleak. It might be financially. Maybe financially, things just look bleak. Perhaps you, have, perhaps you have nothing and you have no real prospects to get anything. Okay, just, just do your part. Just do your part. God can provide miraculously. Amen? I mean, come on. Who would have thought about some kind of dew coming from, 
This is, this is, this is a supernatural bread, this manna. It's something supernatural about it. Even from the very beginning, it, it coming down from, you know, from heaven like dew, what is this? And, and just coating the ground, and they collect it, and they're able to cook it and bake it into bread, right? Hey, it might be something else. It might be a breakthrough in a project that you're working on. It might be a, a study you're doing. It might be a relationship. Even if you are in a desert, don't think that all hope is gone. It is not gone. All hope is not gone. Maybe it's your marriage, right? Things seem rather hopeless. Don't give up. Look for the manna. Look for the manna. The manna. Listen, you do have to understand that when you're in these desert seasons, you don't always get a steak dinner. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I love a good steak dinner. You go to Bones or something. I haven't been in a, quite a long time, but you go to Bones and, and they have this amazing filet. You know, and some of these steak, fancy steak houses, they say, you know, our steak house, uh, we age our meat 200 days or 100 days or something. And, and it's like, wow, that's really impressive. You know, there's part of me that thinks, you know, doesn't the meat like rot? I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how that works, but... I somehow, you know, is that good? I don't know. But, but, but they like are like are proud of it. So it's like, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. hundred days aged. Yes. Aged. Okay. I guess that's good. All, all I know is that, hey, listen, I haven't gotten sick eating it. It tastes good. I'll go for it. You know, hundred days. All right, let's do it. Whatever. That's great. And, and sometimes when it's aged like that, you know, you can just cut it with a fork sometimes, you know, you know, or, or that some kind of that, that roast, you know, when you, roast it, uh, and sometimes the meat just pulls right off, right? And, but, but, but honestly, y'all, is that if you're in a desert, sometimes God doesn't send that delicious steak that, that we all know and love, right? You know, or if, or if you're, if you're a, a, a vegan, some other kind of a delicious vegan meal. That, you know, sometimes God doesn't bring what you're really, really looking for, but it will help you survive until such time as you are in the land flowing with milk and honey. See, they weren't in the land flowing with milk and honey yet. They were wandering in the desert. Why? Out of their own disobedience and rebellion. They, okay, they were in the desert, but God did not forget them. God did not abandon them. God gave them manna. Now, it's not a stake. I give you. But its, it, its purpose was to sustain them through the desert. Sometimes God will give you just what you need to sustain you through the desert. It may not be everything that you want or are looking for or hope for or prefer. Maybe it's not what you prefer, but it, it is what will get you through the desert. And when you receive it, say, Baruch Hashem, Tadagabah, Abba. Thank you very much, Father. Amen. One day, though, of course, you're going to make it. Exodus chapter 16, let's continue. Let's go to verse 17. B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, did so, and some gathered more of the manna and some less. When they measured it with an omer, those who gathered more had nothing left over, and those that gathered less did not lack at all. Whoa. 
Each man gathered according to his appetite. Oh, okay, so there's something, there's something going on uh, like a fishes and the loaves thing or something happening here with the manna that Yeshua did the miracle. There's something miraculous. First of all, it's miraculous, this bread in the first place, this manna. But then secondly, they gather, and maybe they gather too much, but it's exactly enough. Or maybe they don't quite gather enough, but yet it's exactly enough. How interesting. What a dynamic about this bread. There's something supernatural about, about this bread. And then verse 19, Moses said to them, let no one save any of it until the morning. However, what are people, of course? <laughs> they didn't listen to Moses. <laughs> Some of them preserved it until the morning, but it bred worms and rotted. So Moses was angry with them. <laughs> I can understand. Why won't you people listen to me? My gosh, that's what got us in this desert in the first place. Oh my gosh, Moses was not happy. Friends, sometimes God gives us just enough. So if they tried to gather it, nope, they couldn't gather it for, for, for more than one day. It rotted, worms came. There was something, again, miraculous about this bread, right? But, but, but sometimes when God gives us just enough, it can be a little frustrating at times. In our lives, so many applications with the manna to our lives. Why can't we store up some of this manna? I'd like to build up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to build up a little bit of this manna. I'd like to get a little bit ahead. Listen, I get that. I get that. It, it, it makes some sense on one level. But friends, sometimes God gives us just enough. Just enough. Why? Perhaps he's teaching you to rely solely on him. See, if, 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 you're, if you're storing up and you're, you have your plan and all, okay, well, maybe some credit might, you might attribute to yourself. But, but if every day you got nothing to eat and you are fully dependent upon some supernatural, you know, God snow coming down on the ground that you can eat, Boy, you're going to be pretty reliant on God. You're going to know that it's not about you. You see how we're dependent? And this is not just talking about food or not just talking about finances. This is talking about every area of our life. It might be another area of your life. Man, we got to depend upon our creator. We got to depend. It also might be teaching us don't complain. Don't complain. Oh, but at the same time, how wonderful it is that there's always at least enough. Wow, I mean, that is pretty remarkable. There's always at least enough. You do not need to go without. A lot of practical applications of that, but, but there's a very real practical and literal application of that here even at Beth Hillel. In as much as we have a food pantry, I don't know if everybody knows about this, we have a food pantry here at Bethel. If one of you have a need, please, please, please contact the office. We can prepare for you bags of groceries. We'll have it ready and available for you. You can come sometime during the week. Jesus and, and John will, will, will get the just bags of groceries ready for you. Just, just take them. Listen, people, donate this. Don't, don't, let, it, don't let it go to waste. Please. 
let us know if you if you are if if you would need some groceries. It, it, it's it'll be like your manna for for the moment for this season the season when you're in the desert. It can help. Don't be too proud to ask. We're a family, y'all. We take care of each other. That's what mishpacha does. Some of your manna might be waiting in our food pantry right now. It's, it's wonderful and it's beautiful. So, so what happened? Let's continue. Verse 21 of Exodus 16, 21. So they gathered it morning by morning, each man according to his needs. And as the sun became hot, it melted. Excuse me, on the sixth day, which was Friday, on Fridays they gathered twice as much bread, two omers, for each individual. So all the leaders of the community came in and informed Moses. But he said to them, this is what Adonai said. Tomorrow is Shabbat, a Sabbath, a Shabbat rest, a holy Shabbat to Adonai. Bake whatever you would bake and boil what you would boil. Store up for yourselves everything that remains to be kept until the morning. So they set it aside until the morning, just as Moses instructed, and it did not rot, nor were there any worms. Then Moses said, eat that today because today is a Shabbat to Adonai. Today you will not find it in the field. You were to gather it for six days, but the seventh day is the Shabbat and there will be none. Wow, this is interesting and beautiful and powerful and instructive and teaches us so many things also, but this is just like our God, isn't it? In spite of the fact that we complained against God in the first place, what's the whole point of why we're in the desert? Because we complained. And, 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 uh, and, and, and so we had to wander in the desert for 40 years. Zelotov, that's not good, Right? But in spite of the fact that, that we were disobedient and complained, he still didn't want for us to be without Shabbat. He still didn't want us for us to be without Shabbat. Now, he didn't want us for us to be storing up the manna typically. Why? Because it was intended just to sustain us. But yet, God was giving us a rest, a Shabbat rest, even from gathering up the, the bounty of the Lord. It's so interesting that, that, that God is so gracious and kind to us that he gave, you got to think about this. It's, 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 our people blew it. That's why they were there in the first place. God could have been like, man, you're going to gather and it's going to take you 18, 20 hours a day to gather just enough food to eat. Otherwise, you're going to starve because you blew it. And even that's generous and out of my mercy and kindness. He could have said that legitimately. I mean, he could have let everybody die in the wilderness for that matter, considering what we had done. But not only did he give us this manna, they just simply collect and then they bake or they, they, they boil it or whatever. But, but also, he gives us a Shabbat. Oh, no, I don't want him to work out. I can just imagine some of the angels were like, seriously? <laughs> I mean, do they really deserve a Shabbat? He's like, eh, give them Shabbat, Shabbat. Don't make them work on Shabbat. Let them collect it on Friday. Look at it Friday. You know, the man. I... God is so generous to us. See, honoring Shabbat, friends, is more than about, it's more than a set of technical rules. 
Some people look at Shabbat erroneously, and, and, and some who are very, very highly orthopractic look at Shabbat as just a technical set of rules, and, and, and I can do this, and I can't do this exact thing. Friends, on the contrary, Shabbat is a heart condition. Uh, and I'm not saying that the, the, that the commands regarding Shabbat are, are not important, even the nuances, but you have to understand what the scriptures also say, is that Shabbat was made for man, not man for Shabbat. Shabbat was made for us as a blessing to us, not to be a burden to us. This is part of the point, my friends. Yeshua told us this. I mean, people, no, you're just not getting it. People who are so incredibly legalistic, and it's, it's like a burden. So while we should never be greedy, for example, there is an appropriate time for us to rest. Sometimes, mm, get ready, sometimes when your well runs dry, it's not because God is no longer with you. It's because it's time for you to stop and rest. Think about that, because remember, the manna did not come on Shabbat. So some might say, oh, did God abandon us? The manna stopped on Shabbat. Does not God not care about it? I'm not talking about just, obviously, manna. This is in areas of our lives where sometimes it's like the manna stops. And sometimes people go, hold Wow, has God abandoned us? No, 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 let me say it one more time. Sometimes when your well runs dry... It's not because God is no longer with you. It's because it is time for you to stop and rest. There was no manna on Shabbat. At the same time, you got to gather it before Shabbat so that you can be ready for the rest that God gives you. So in other words, you got to work. Yeah, listen, you got you to gather the double on Friday, so to speak. Meaning, yes, you got to work hard the other days of the week. Hard work is a biblical principle, by the way. God tells us to work hard, but we should also take that rest that God gives us. Very interesting. And so our people, once they heard that from Moses, that, oh, well, God is giving us a Sabbath rest and it's not coming on Sabbath, our people went, oh, thank you, Lord. We won't go out on Shabbat and, and look for manna because you've given us a rest. That's what they said. No, that's not what they said. <laughs> Exodus 16, verse 27. Oh, boy. Yet on the seventh day, on Shabbat, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. Okay, they went out looking for it anyway. Adonai said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my mitzvot and my Torah? See, Adonai has given you the Shabbat, so on the sixth day, he gives you the bread of two days. Let every man stay in his place, and let no man go out on the seventh day, the people then rested on the seventh day. I'll tell you what that makes me think of. It makes me think of the fact of how man tries to do things our way. We want to do things our way and what makes sense to us, right, Carrie? I mean, this is how we, this is how we are. This is how we can be. I mean, think about it, right? In some ways, it makes some intuitive sense in an earthly, fleshly way, but you just got to, this is why you got to follow what God says. But it makes some, right, the manna was there for six days. Day after Sunday, the manna's there. Monday, manna's there. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the manna's there every day. 
The man is there every day. So there comes Saturday. What is the natural human tendency to do? I'm going to go out and see if it's there today on Saturday. I'm going to go out. And see. I mean, I've gathered it every day this week, and it only makes sense it's going to continue. It only makes sense to me on my terms. So I'm going to go out and look. I, I don't want to miss this manna. You never know when it's going to stop. Yeah, you do know when it's going to stop. It's going to stop on Friday nights. <laughs> and it's going to stop when you reach the promised land. That's when it's going to stop. That's it. But you see, we try to do things our way, what is best in our eyes, that which makes sense to us. If certain laws apply to us, why wouldn't they apply to everyone? Did God really say not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I think I'll make a sacrifice to the Lord instead of strictly obeying what He tells me to do. I'll give 5% of my income and then just donate my time. Come on, friends. This is all how we do things oftentimes. Do what seems good in our eyes. No, friends. God will provide for us, but we need to do things his way. We got to follow what's in the book. He gave us the guide. He gave us the manual. You got to follow the manual. Does it always make sense to me? No. Does it matter whatsoever if it makes sense to me? No. What I think doesn't amount to a hill of beans. That's a rabbi eism, by the way. That's that because it's going back. I hadn't used that one in a long time. Rabbi, it doesn't amount to, to anything. What I think. What, what I think is, is really not important. Saul thought he had it all figured out. We'll just make sacrifices. It made sense to him, but it's not what God said to do. Well, the fruit looks really good, Adam and Eve. I think we'll eat that fruit. No, no, it, it makes sense. Do you see all throughout Scripture many, 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 many times? Those are just a few examples. People do things that make sense to us, Right? Okay, well, the man has been out there six days. I'm going to go looking out for a seventh day. Of course, it's going to, maybe it'll be. No, no, God said no. He said no. And yet, we do things anyway. We do things on our, try to do things on our terms. Can't do that. So many lessons from the manna for us. Let's continue, verse 31. The house of Israel named it manna and now we now we get a description of what it looked like and and what it tasted like and uh and it was actually it looks sounds like it was pretty tasty it was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey wow that's pretty good i mean for stuff that's on a desert floor <laughs> i would think uh, i would think that that would typically tastes bad. I mean, I would just naturally think, but, but man, that actually sounds pretty decent. God was gracious to us. I mean, ha, made, made with honey, it tasted like a little bit. Come on. This is, this is the punishment. It's so interesting. God is just, it's like God can't help himself but be kind. Verse 30, even when it's so not deserved. Verse 32, then Moses said, this is what Adonai has commanded. Let a full omer of it be kept throughout your generations. 
so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out from the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put a full omer of manna inside, store it up before Adonai to be kept throughout your generations. Just as Adonai commanded Moses, Aaron stored it up in front of the testimony to be preserved. B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, ate the manna for 40 years. They ate the manna until they came into an inhabited land when they came to the borders of the land of Canaan or Canaan. Wow, very interesting. This, this is in some ways baffling if you don't really think about it. And, and it's just an, as, a, as a relative comparison thing, I want you to think about this with me. And we'll see why it makes some sense. But intuitively, it doesn't make sense. Uh, how so? Because the manna, a jar of manna, was placed into the Ark of the Covenant. Like the Ark of the Covenant. You know, the one from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You've seen it, okay? <laughs> it's, it's in this, the warehouse in Washington, right? Okay. <laughs> a lot of people wonder. Some people ask me, do you think it still exists? Here's my answer. I actually do. I think it still exists somewhere. Where is it? I don't know. The Orthodox think it's buried under the Temple Mount. Uh, they feel very strongly that it's buried under the Temple Mount. Um, I have no idea where. But the, but the point is, is that the, the jar of manna was kept in the Ark of the... Now, the friends, there wasn't much in the Ark of the Covenant. This, this, this container, right? Which was so holy and had such immeasurable and immense power. It, it didn't have much in it. Why was manna kept in the Ark of the Covenant? I mean, think about the other things which were in the Ark of the Covenant. One was the staff which budded, through which great miracles were performed in Egypt. Now, that makes sense. You know, Moses, you know, puts the staff out, and, and the, the river turns to blood. The Nile turns to blood. Okay, whoa, man, that staff. You know, he puts the staff out in front, boom, and, and the Red Sea, hearts, you know, and it's like, wow, that's staff, man, that's, that's a cool staff. I mean, the, the staff helped uh, affect the greatest miracles in the history of the world into that point. Boom, the staff. Okay, that, that makes sense. You're going to keep that, put that in the Ark of the Covenant. That's a cool thing, right? The, and the other thing that was in the Ark of the Covenant were nothing less than the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were in the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, you know, the the Ten Commandments, you know, Moses comes down from the mount. Second set of tablets, but still, the Ten Commandments themselves were kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, we're talking about Shavuot, the, the most important. I mean, uh, we got them right here. You know, this is the beginning of each of the Ten Commandments, right? And so they're pretty important. They're in the front of most synagogues, right? You know, here you, you got the tablets here. The Ten Commandments are in the Ark of the Covenant. That all makes sense. And then there's a little food. <laughs> it's like some takeout. You know, you gotta it. <laughs> I mean, now if, if the ark were being made today, I could see putting Chick-fil-A in there just because it's the food of God, you know. Wow, Chick-fil-A, man. Mm. <laughs> okay, but, but no, seriously, a jar of manna, right? But you see here what God is telling us in addition to showing us his great power, 
And also revealing us the importance of following his commandments, God is also telling us to remember how he provides for us. Remember how he provides for you. God provides for you when you're in the desert. Evidenced by, don't forget the jar of manna. I took care of you when you were in the desert. I took care of you. I sustained you through that desert. Through that desert time. And the manna kept coming until the day they arrived into the promised land. And once they arrived in the promised land, then there was plenty. Then there was plenty. Beloved, sometimes you're going to be traveling in the deserts. You have to be patient. God will provide. God will provide. But sometimes you need to remind yourself of how he provided for you in the past when you were in the desert. Honestly, I think it's a wise thing to do for you in your personal life. Maybe there's a a season in your life where you were really struggling. Maybe it was emotionally. Maybe it was relationally with somebody. Uh, Maybe it was financially. Uh, Whatever area it is, give yourself in your home a reminder, a visual reminder of how God sustained you through the desert. Maybe you're in a flourishing time now. Maybe you're in the promised land now. Baruch Hashem, praise God. I'm glad you're there. That's wonderful. But a lot of times, y'all, when you're in the promised land, you forget how God provided for you when you were in the desert. Why? Because we don't want to think about the desert. It was a hard time. It was a hard season. I didn't want to think about the desert. God put the jar of manna in the Ark of the Covenant for a reason. Remember the hard times when you were in the desert when I provided for you. Otherwise, what happens? Just like the children of Israel wanted to store it up, wanted to store up the manna, God said, no, you can't store up the manna except for on Shabbat. Why? Because you depended upon me. And so on an everyday basis, we know we depend upon God. Okay, we get that, we get that. But suddenly, when we have lots of food, and we have the, the steak, and we have the, the, the fancy delicious meals, and it's a large buffet, then we forget that God provides for us every day. Why? Because we're not kind of hand to mouth. And I'm talking about whatever area of your life that is, not just financially. It can be any area when things are going better. Maybe it's your health, for that matter. When things are going okay, we don't remember when we were in the hospital bed. I've seen lots of people in hospital beds. And when they're in the hospital bed, friends, they tend to be fairly desperate. And, and when, I, when, if, when I pop in and visit them, when I have an opportunity to do that, it was a lot more before COVID, but, but, but the, whenever I would pop in and be able to see them, oftentimes they'd look at me with eyes that say, oh, Rabbi, please pray for me. And, and, and there's a sense of some, some level of desperation to say, oh, Lord, if I could only get out of this hospital bed. Man, I'm so tired of this hospital. And God just provides them able to get through to the next day. Okay, but then when they're out of the hospital and they're, they're just, you know, moving around, things are going good, they're going on vacation and, you know, to, to Florida or something, they're having fun. You don't think about God so much anymore. You don't think about him providing for you in that moment when you're, when you're desperate, when you're in pain. Whatever it is, it might be financially, it might be relationally, a, a relationship that was broken with somebody and aggrieved you, or, or a child or a loved one that, that does not follow God and, 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 and it grieves you. And, and then when they come to faith and, and then you celebrate and then you forget. See, God has the jar of manna in the Ark of the Covenant to remind us you've got to depend upon me. So some of you, perhaps even in your homes, might, you might want to take a, put a picture up 
a picture up in your house that, that, that has this, what significance? It reminds you of a time where you were in a desert and God provided for you. So it might be a relationship that God restored and there's a central picture in your house that just reminds you, it's your jar of manna, to remind you, hey, depend upon God. He's gonna take care of you when you're in a desert. It might be a, a season that was really hard and, 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 uh, and it's maybe a box of you and some Roman noodles <laughs> or maybe it's just a framed box of noodles and people think what in the world that's really weird to have up on your wall is that some kind of modern art uh, yeah yeah you could say that <laughs> but what is it it's to remind you when you didn't have anything to eat and God yet sustained you whatever it is you see how that's a jar of manna you understand it might be something else that reminds you I'll tell you one of, the, one of the beautiful things we were praying, Lord, give us a, 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 a child. My, even my daughter, her name is a jar of manna. Her name, Eliana, means God has answered me. See, even her name itself, the meaning of her name is a jar of manna for me. Okay, God has answered me and, and given me this, this wonderful child, Right? See, you need, we all need to have these things in our lives to remind us of this. It's beautiful. But you see what happens all too often is what? We, especially if you remain in the desert for a while, and the children of Israel in the desert 40 years, then you start to get tired of the manna. Mm-mm, mm-mm, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't go there, children of Israel. Don't go there, Mishpachah. Don't go there. Oh, we're going there. Numbers 11, Numbers 11, sorry. <laughs> oh, the children of Israel got tired of the manna and then they started grumbling. Oh no, Bradley, why'd they do it? Oh no. <laughs> Come on, this stuff tasted like honey. It wasn't like cough medicine. I think that, I mean, you know, listen, is, is it cruel for me to say, maybe I won't claim this because I don't want to be seen as too harsh, but if I were God, maybe I would have given everybody food who had complained against me after I did all those miracles. It would taste like cough medicine, you know? It's like, it's like, yeah, uh-huh, gonna complain more, uh-huh, okay, hey, cough medicine. He gave it to him, it tasted like honey, y'all, wafers and honey, come on. Yeah, but you know, listen, 40 years is a long time. Numbers 11, verse 4 the grumblers among them began to have cravings. So B'nai Israel began to wail repeatedly, saying, if we could just eat some meat. <laughs> we remember the fish that we used to eat in Egypt. Oh, no, you didn't, you didn't just go there. No, no, no. God was probably like, okay, they're complaining they don't have any meat. But then they said, ooh, we remember the fish we had in Egypt for free. For free? Yeah, you were a slave. Come on. The reason they gave it to you for free is because they didn't give you any money to pay for anything. You were a slave. I can imagine God was like, oh, yeah, the angels, Gabriel's like, hey, they're complaining again. They're complaining this time about the manna. About the, oh, they're complaining about the manna. Is that right? And God was like, oh, boy, that ain't good. And then they're like, yeah, they're, 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 they're comparing it to what they had in Egypt. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, 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 oh. And then they go on. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. No, no, don't 
but now we have no appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Oh, 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 no, no. It's like, no, don't do it. Oh, my gosh. Beloved, listen, I know it's sometimes hard. It's not always easy when you're just in survival mode in an area of your life. You know, listen, right at the moment that all of us, including myself, would like to, to look at the children of Israel and go, what in the world were you thinking? Are you crazy? How could you do this? Which, which I do that. But at the same time, listen, you, you have something. People who are in pain, uh, uh, consistent pain for a long time, it can mess with you a little bit. And, and if you're not disciplined and if you're not in the word, if you're not, but, but even so, it's sometimes hard. It's, it's, it is hard, y'all. And, and we have to have some level of compassion, but yet at the same time, we, this is why our mind has to be constantly renewed and the mind of the Lord and to understand who our provider is and to understand not to lose perspective on the manna that we're given from God, even in the desert season. God did not take kindly to complain upon grumble upon complaint upon grumble. How do I know? Numbers 11, verse 10. Moses heard the people wailing by their families, each man at the door to his tent. Adonai's anger became very hot. And Moses was troubled. I'm sure Moses was like, oh boy, they didn't just go there. They went there. Mm -mm. Verse 18, skip down. So God talked to Moses and then he says this, now, now to the people say, so he was telling Moses to tell the people this, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because you will eat meat. For you wailed in Adonai's ears saying, if we could only eat meat, it was better for us in Egypt. <laughs> now Adonai will give you meat and you will eat. Doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> and it wasn't. He was like, okay, so, so you so you kind of remembering fondly back when you were a slave. That's what, you're, that's what you're ruining for. That's what you're wanting. That's what you're pining for is back when you were a slave in Egypt. That's what you want. That's what you want. Not what I give you. Not, not this, this heavenly, miraculous bread. You're not looking in the jar. No. Okay, well, then I'll give you meat. Verse 32, the people went out all that night and all the following day and collected quail. No one gathered less than ten omers. They spread them out all around the camp. Yet while the meat was between their teeth, before it was swallowed, Adonai's anger burned against the people. So Adonai struck the people with a severe plague. For that reason, the name of the place was called Kibroth, Hata Ava, because they buried the people who were craving. <laughs> In Hebrew, that means the graves of greediness. Friends, listen, be careful what you ask for. <clears throat> be careful what you ask for. Be content with what the Lord provides. Sometimes people look at what others have and they complain, or they look at what they once had and they complain. Listen, you may be in a desert season, it may not be fun, but you have to be patient and thankful to God for giving you the manna that you need to sustain yourself until you reach the season of plenty. And please God, you'll reach seasons of plenty here on earth, but whether you do or not here, 
there's a season of plenty coming for all of us who follow Messiah. And as, as amazing as the, as the stories and the lessons from the manna are, and they're plentiful, there's a final connection that I want to share with you as we prepare to close that is just fully mind-blowing that is revealed to us by none other than Messiah Yeshua himself, John chapter 6. Because the manna actually represents something even much more meaningful. So let's take a look at this. Very, very interesting as we get ready to close. John chapter 6, what does Messiah Yeshua say? He, he compares himself to something and talks about how he is something, but just in a supernatural way. John six forty eight, Yeshua says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Wow. So friends, according to Yeshua in John chapter 6, Yeshua is the manna which satisfies eternally. He is the manna that satisfies not just for a day. He's the manna that satisfies eternally. He, this manna that is, that is his flesh gives life eternally, not just for a day. As a side note, this is part of the symbolism of the Lord's table or communion. If you don't understand the manna, you really don't get the full context of what communion is all about and the, and the, the, the Jewish understanding of the Lord's table and communion. We partake of the matzah like the children of Israel partook of the manna which they needed for life. It sustained them in the desert, right? The manna, right? And we partake of the matzah during the Lord's table and such, which represents the bread of life that is Yeshua, that sustains us. The, the parallels are amazing and quite profound, but just like the manna, some get tired of it, want something different, want something more exotic, want what they want on their terms, hello, on their own terms, not the manna that God gives in the way that he gives it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Some people want Yeshua, but not exactly the Yeshua that is given to us. They want a different Yeshua that conforms more with what they think makes sense to them. Oh my gosh, do you see the parallels? But no, this is what is needed. Nothing more, nothing less. Also note that God gives equally to everyone who desires of him. Remember, they were gathering the manna. The whole, some people gathered a bit much. Some people not quite enough, but yet it was just perfectly enough. We read that. It was a supernatural bread. Same thing with Yeshua, man. He gives equally to everybody and, and enough that will sustain everybody no matter who you are. Wow. So when you are in need, my friends, turn to God's manna. But recognize that sometimes God will give you manna for today. Maybe not the fullness of God's plan, but what he has for you right now. But recognize also that at the end of the day, we need the divine manna 
that is Yeshua himself. Because if we partake in this manna, we'll be satisfied eternally. So the title of my message is, Manna, it's not just for breakfast anymore. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never given your life to God, but you want to raise your hand and we'll pray together. Is there anybody who's never given your life to God but wants to? That's you. Just lift your hand and we'll pray. I want to pray for us as a kahila, as a congregation. Lord, teach us. Teach us to, to seek your manna, especially in desert dry seasons, because it will sustain us. Lord, let us not complain about the manna. Let us remember the manna, even in the prosperous seasons. Let us remember how you sustained us in the desert with the jar of manna in our lives. Thank you for taking care of us and not giving us truly what we deserve, but for taking care of us. Reminds me of Sukkot. Thank you, Lord, so much for, for your manna. Give us our manna that we need daily. Please give us, Lord, our daily bread. Thank you, God. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts and we bless you for this special Shabbat and for your love for us. In Yeshua's name. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.